0: Howdy, Fat Guy Forum listeners! Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder that there is a great way for you to support the podcast and keep it going, and that's by joining the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That you can find at patreoncom keto. I use all the funds from the Patreon to go for the subscriptions and equipment that are used on the podcast. And if you join now, you will have the opportunity to be a part of helping decide the direction of the podcast as we dive into some new topics and try out a few new things. So I look forward to having you on board. Sign up today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormie, and I am glad. After last week's episode where we dove into a topic, I am again going to be bringing you the story of a, a new dude that I have connected with who has has an awesome, inspiring journey to share and one that's that's still going on and so just I'm excited for you to hear all the details of his story. His name is Rich. Rich how are you doing today?
1: I am doing good. Like stated before I'm just a little bit nervous. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Well don't worry the audience won't bite and I'll do my best to not either you know as as always with this podcast there maybe we might hear some rowdy dogs in the background at some point but beyond that there's no teeth so we'll just we'll we'll just get into your story and see where it takes us. So let's do that with the question I always start the episode with and tell us Rich, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum?
1: Well, I uh, I have been a fat guy my entire life. Um, since my earliest memories, I have been bigger than everybody, both height and weight. Um, I guess going all the way back to when I was a little kid, I, I realized I was fatter than everybody else just because everybody else around me was so much smaller and I had a little sister as well and she never had weight problems really. She was always skinny. We pretty much ate the same thing when we were younger but I just always put on weight. Um, eventually I would start sneaking food. I'm not really sure why other than the fact that I'm I'm always hungry. Um, no matter what I eat how frequently or infrequently I eat, I never feel satiated. Um, I'm still trying to figure out why that is right now, but until this year, I didn't actually realize that that was something that isn't normal. I thought that I was just destined to be fat because I could never satisfy my hunger. And that uh, that was very tough to deal with because I just didn't understand it
0: yeah and so what was that like you know what was it like as you were you know as you went through school and and grew up kind of starting to have these realizations that you were bigger than everyone else and I I know one of the things you shared with me before we started recording in your notes was you know that you were always pretty active
1: yeah um my favorite sport is basketball I loved playing basketball um Every single year since I was about six, I was on a recreational team or uh, I never tried out for a school team because I was just, I was not in shape for it. (laughs) Um, I I felt like I always was very competitive. I always wanted to be the best. I always, you know, I learned all the cool little tricks and everything. Um, I was always running around with everybody else. And when it came time for lunch, I would pop out my, my lunch and I would have the same thing as everybody else. So I never really understood why I was so much bigger. Um, there could have been some hormone issue that I just never knew about, but (laughs) no tests ever, ever pulled anything up other than slightly elevated blood sugar. Um, but going through all that, I was, I was surprised because I played a little bit of hockey, a little bit of basketball, um, baseball, soccer, like all year round, I was playing something up until about midway through high school, I started getting way too big to Mm. play anything.
0: And and take us into that. So you know, getting too big in high school. Like, where do you know where your weight was at?
1: Um, going up, I know. Before I was even a teenager, I was probably either at three hundred or close to three hundred. Um, going into high school, probably close to four hundred. I know when I dropped out, I was probably four forty to four sixty. Mm-hmm.
0: And what like were. I know you said that you, your sister didn't never had a weight issue. Were you like the the lone big person in your overall family? Were there, was there a history of weight issues or?
1: Well, I actually don't know my family history because I am adopted. Um, and my sister's also adopted from a, a different family. Um, my mom, my adoptive mother is a little bit overweight. Uh, I probably did pick up some bad eating habits from her just like snacking and stuff but at the end of the day i can't i can't say it was her fault because i she she did everything she could to put healthy meals on the table to make sure i only got the correct proportions but i always snuck food i i just i was so hungry that i I couldn't get past that that need for food
0: and because i i relate a lot to the the sneak eating and one, I know one of the things when I was younger, when I was doing that, you know, there were many times that I would get caught. So w- was it a behavior you think that people were aware of around you or was it kind of more just your secret?
1: At the time, I thought I was a ninja. You know, I never thought anybody caught me, but I know my sister saw me eating. Like, I know my mom probably could hear me slurping up some, some extra spaghetti or something like that. <laughs> Um, I actually used to, my mom used to sit uh, with her back facing where she was cooking because our our kitchen table was where we ate. So I would go around to get either her or my sister or myself another meal or another uh, serving or, or another drink or something. And I would just, I would put a whole bunch of pasta with a little bit of sauce and a meatball into my hand and just eat it like really quick. I would do whatever I could to just find something that somebody wouldn't miss necessarily, something that wasn't really eaten too often, and I would just eat it or hide it in my room for later.
0: And how? So, because I know there were some other challenges that developed for you when you were in high school, and you mentioned that you you dropped out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Was that? Do you feel that your your size was playing a role in all in everything that was going on for you then?
1: my size played a role in a lot of stuff uh i had a lot of foot problems i I actually have foot problems right now which uh i really wasn't expecting i thought once i lost all the weight um my feet would not hurt when i walked around and stuff but i still feel the same pain what is surprising to me was that no matter how big i got i still i still seem to have a lot of energy and i I seem to run around a whole lot. It's once I dropped out that's when my my weight shot straight up. Um, part of the reasons why I dropped out was i I had sleep apnea like i was a uh, I was diagnosed with sleep apnea at the end of middle school, and I was trying really hard to use the CPAP and everything, but they forgot to put the little chip in it that records everything so once we went in they would accuse me of not using it or like taking the chip out and hiding it, but I I had no idea where that thing went. (laughs) Um, And I also was, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I had a, a learning disability. I think it was auditory processing problems. And that caused me to fall behind in school, my sleep apnea, as well as me getting more and more depressed as the years went on caused me to stay up late and play video games to, you know, just distract myself Um, and I would fall asleep in in class. And I would actually stay after school to try and make up the work that I missed or or relearn what I was sleeping through. And I actually talked to my teachers and I was kind of begging them to do whatever they had to do. If if I fell asleep, just wake me up because I'm having trouble. And instead, they chose not to do that, and they chose not to do what the state kind of demands that you do for people that need a little extra help. And I would go home, and I would find uh, the answering machine, I would find a a message on my answering machine saying that they marked me absent even while I was going to school, trying to do my homework, and staying after school to make things up. So that was, that hit really hard. That that made me think that I had no worth and it did not matter how hard I tried.
0: Yeah, I mean, that naturally sounds like it would be a frustrating situation where you, you feel like you're doing your best to keep your head above water and the people that are supposed to be the ones kind of reaching out Uh, We're not offering the support that you needed.
1: Yeah. And uh, for everything to hit at the same time, I think it would have been a little bit better if I had those things gradually, but everything just slammed together right at the same time. And my mom had just learned that, you know, that I had sleep apnea and that I had a learning disability, and, you know, it, it was finally dawning on her why I had so much trouble. But before then, there was always all that, like, you know, parents are concerned why you're not doing well, and they, they don't know you're having trouble, so they, they think you're just slacking off. So I always struggled with that too. I always had such high expectations of myself, and I hated letting people down. I hated letting my mom down. So I with all the continued failures, I I didn't know how to cope with it. So my mom brought me to a therapist And I told him everything that was going on. I pretty much spilled my guts. And then I never went back again because he like rebate just said, so it sounds to me like you're mad at the world. Like one of the most like stereotypical things you would like the actual stereotype, not what, not what a real therapist would ever say, but it's something that almost sounds like a TV show answer. And I was so furious and then he went out and he told my mom that and then my mom thought that i was just rebelling so i i had no idea where to go from there so i uh i ended up stopping going to school after i kept coming home to the same message on my answering machine and um, i would hide in the basement and just text my mom like made it on the bus you know and, uh, I, I remember one time my sister actually went down and found me there because she, she had assumed that I had stopped going. And so I just had to beg her to go to school and then I would make my way there later. And I, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, yeah.
0: And where, so where did this bring you to, man? Like, what happened after you left school?
1: Well, after I dropped out, um, I asked my mom if we could do some online schooling. Like if I could look up um I think it was called K through twelve or something like that. And I, I tried for quite a few I think it was about four or five years. I kept trying to take the course trying to do all the work that I could, but there wasn't there wasn't enough to keep me accountable with it, I guess. And then as well the uh the teacher or tutor or whatever they're called that is supposed to help you through the work um they were very old school like strict teachers like they show you and then you just you have to know how to do it they didn't like repeating themselves or anything so it was it was really hard for me with with my learning disability so i just i kept failing over and over and uh, that kept making my mom furious you know because i was for me the reason was because i was wasting money but i know for her it was because she expected and knew that i could do better i just i didn't know how to get there so just i felt so bad about letting my mom down and and wasting time and money and just like i didn't know what to do so eventually i stopped doing that as well and then i spent a long time just hiding in my room just watching watching tv listening to music playing video games like wasting time like there was a a long time where i I just i did not want to exist anymore but i didn't know what to do because i i didn't want to i didn't want to die um i think i did actually want to die for a little while there to be completely honest but i was never um weak or strong enough I'm, i'm not sure however people look at it to do anything about it because I knew that would kill my mom that it would just like destroy her and it and that would be another form of letting her down so I I was just really stuck in this constant cycle of like try and fail and just endless like depression cycling over and over and over and in the whole meantime I, I still had this issue that I can't be satiated so i was just starved like absolutely starved so i I ate everything that i could get my hands on i tried chewing gum to like distract myself but that that didn't do anything (laughs) i would i just ate as soon as the gum lost its flavor i wasn't really sure what i should do or what i could do
0: no i mean it 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 sounds like it, it certainly sounds like a trapped place to be you know like Stuck in that that cycle that isn't giving you any way out, is it, or isn't showing you any way out? And mm. you've just got then those other continued patterns, continue, you know, keeping going for you, you know, with food and hunger and consumption, and so the, your your weight continued to to grow at that point.
1: Yeah, um, I probably went from four forty up to probably around five hundred and sixty pounds. Possibly more. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if I hit 600 at a point. There was a time where it, it was almost impossible for me to get out of bed. Not just physically, but emotionally. Like, I I just... I could not find the strength to get myself up. And um, I'm not too sure if that was more emotional than physical. But I know size-wise I was definitely close to 600 at one point. Um... Along, uh, like, throughout my entire life, I've always wanted to lose weight. I've always, I've always tried to lose weight. I would do, you know, really bad things that kids would try. I would stop eating. Um, I would go months with just drinking water and maybe eating an apple a day, like. But somehow, the scale never went down, and I didn't cheat on those either. So I have no idea <laughs> what was wrong with me but maybe it was just that it was such an unhealthy thing that my body just held on to absolutely everything. But I could not lose weight. I ch- my mom tried to put me on different uh, diets that she would try, you know, Jenny Craig and and uh, Weight Watchers. There um, are a couple other ones. I can't remember the names of them. But um, throughout the years, like uh, the medications that I was on all had appetite suppressant, Uh, side effects and weight loss side effects that were, you know, maybes, but they never did anything for me. Um, Eventually, I came to the conclusion that I was just, I was destined to be fat forever. And I was, I was just going to eat until I eventually died of a heart attack or just in my sleep. I really didn't think that I was going to get anywhere.
0: And, And what did it feel like to be in that place?
1: It was just like a bottomless pit. Like, you can't do anything, can't go anywhere, you can just keep doing what's right in front of you. I I couldn't see a way out, couldn't feel a way out. If I ever tried to get out, you know, you're just walking blindly and you're not getting anywhere. It was... It was, ju- it was literally like being trapped, like... I t- I don't really know how to explain it. I there's I couldn't think of anything and I couldn't do anything and that's that's pretty much like how it how everything was.
0: Well, so I mean, didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean it sounds like it was a, a a two-sided trap that I know there there are people listening that can relate to because you were in this place emotionally where you didn't see a way out and mm-hmm. dealing with those that that kind of constant, you know, pressure on that side. And you, like you said, kind of dealing with those cycles of depression and those feelings. And then physically feeling, you know, feeling trapped. I know what it's like, you know, when you're over 500 pounds and can barely move. And yeah. so it's almost like even if you think that you're going to do something to change, it's like there's, you have no momentum inside of you to even physically yeah. begin that. So
1: anytime I tried to yeah. to walk or do anything physical and to to jumpstart my weight loss, I would, I would feel so awful once I was done. Like just ten minutes of moving around and my feet would hurt for days. Like I could not stand back up on my feet. Um. But yeah, that's that's exactly how it
0: was. Yeah, I mean, I've said many times on this, uh, on this show, even when I talk about my own experiences, that it's it's like people don't realize that the bigger you get, the the smaller the world around you gets. You know, your mm-hmm. ability to access the, the greater world. So it's almost like even if there are or were resources, you're not able to get to them. You're not able to kind of put yourself in that place to get to them.
1: Yeah. And then on top of that, I would compare myself to others endlessly. And I still do to this day. I'm I'm still not completely over how ashamed i am of what i did and how how stuck i was and just how frustrating it is that i couldn't get out of it for so long i would look at i would see all these success stories of all these people that were even bigger than me had more struggles than me and they, they were just working so hard to do it and there were people that were just as big as me somewhere like in some places and they were still finishing their school they were still going out to jobs going to college like they just didn't they didn't quite let everybody around them uh, the fear of like those thoughts of everybody around them like cripple them the way i did and that that just that hit me even harder that i was just so so vulnerable and so weak that i couldn't do anything i didn't know how to just do what i had to do I knew exactly what I needed to do to lose that weight the whole time, but I just, I both physically and I just emotionally couldn't, I couldn't get over the fact that somebody would whisper, you know, like, holy crap, when I walk by, especially when you hear it, that that was, that's just knowing that it had happened before Mm -hmm. that made it worse.
0: (laughs) No, and I think that's something that people, there are going to be people listening that can relate to that, that it's almost like you as much as we don't want to admit that there are people out there that would still kind of judge someone based completely on it on appearance and make all of these assumptions and actually openly talk you know it's almost like there is this for some reason when you're when you're a bigger person like people have this this free ticket to be able to say things you know whether they're and whether they're saying them directly to you or to someone beside them or even under their own breath, you know, saying it loud. It's, there's no, there's no shame in saying it loud enough so that the person hears it. And I think there's, there's probably people that think somehow they're helping, you know, by reacting, but obviously the, the reaction it causes is completely different. Like I, I, I've heard countless stories, you know, even just through Instagram and other people I've connected with of people that reach that point where they're like, physically going out was so painful and then the emotional side of going out and being treated like a spectacle, it just became easier to not go out.
1: Yeah. And it was, um, I think it was a little bit harder for me in those situations because I wasn't exactly ashamed for myself. I was ashamed for my family. I, I, I was terrified of people thinking that my mom did this to me, that my family, like uh, uh, some, some bad situation did this to me. Like, this was entirely my choice on top of emotional things that I couldn't get over. So I got to the point where going, even going to the grocery store was too frightening for me. If anybody saw me get back to the car, you know, what if they took a picture? What if that... That picture had, you know, my mom's license plate or even my mom's face in it. You know, it was, it was none of anybody's business, like, what my family life was like, especially if they were just not even going to ask and just assume it was her fault. So uh, that fear as well, and the shame it would bring upon my family, caused me to completely withdraw from the world.
0: And what? Because that's not the end of your story. you know which thankful thank goodness that's not the end (laughs) of your story Uh, even being in that place of hopelessness and feeling trapped you eventually found a spark of hope like how did that happen for you like take us into what what did eventually kind of get things started for you
1: well I have I felt that spark like I can't even tell you probably hundreds of times and it always had me try and fail, but I, I somewhere deep down I knew I had to keep trying. I just it, it took me a long time to get there each time. And this last time, it, there was a a video on a guy by the handle of weddyb B, um, on the the Bodybuilding dot com forums. Yeah, he he um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but he basically yeah he posted a picture of himself and said you know like make jokes of me like make fun of me and it kind of the way he was so depressed and the way he hated himself the way he he had those you know very negative almost suicidal and sometimes suicidal thoughts i felt so connected with him and then watching how years go by and he's working through all these these difficult processes of losing his weight because he had those medical issues as well and his uh his family's financial situation watching him struggle through all that and succeed and even still working on himself to this day it i finally saw a story that wasn't just from fat to to fit you know what i mean it wasn't just a linear line i saw the whole story i saw the struggle i saw the how he went back and forth with his weight and I watched how hard he had to work to get there. Uh, Like I knew exactly how hard people work to do it, but I guess seeing it and seeing the struggle really, it just really hit me how, how spoiled I really was. How, you know, my mom could have kicked me out at any time. She, she did not have to support me. She, didn't know how to talk to me anymore because it it caused endless fights because I was I was angry I was I was so angry at myself and I didn't know how to direct that or keep it under wraps so I would just you know I, I lashed out sometimes I got very mad and I yelled at her and you know she didn't deserve that and the whole time all I wanted to do was go out get a job swallow my humility and just pay her back, show her that she wasn't wasting her time, that she didn't, that sh- it wasn't a waste to keep me around. And she never, you know, she never said or thought that at all. She never would. But I felt that way the entire time. Um. So seeing him struggle so hard and finally, you know, make huge progress, it made me Start looking into uh other YouTube channels and stuff people who would just th- they weren't like um, I'm not really sure how to word it they weren't buttering you up, they would just speak plainly like um obese to beast I know you were you were on there um Alan Roberts with every damn day fitness and Papa Swolio, like just telling it how it is that's that's how I always liked it but i I never liked the whole you know, emotions and motivation and stuff, because I I personally don't know if I've ever been moved by motivation. Like, I I feel motivated, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to do anything. And that always, you know, that kind of complicated things too, because sometimes I was in the mood, but I just couldn't get myself to do it. (laughs) So I watched a whole bunch of videos by them, and, um, I realized, I think it was from Alan Roberts, I realized that soda soda was definitely one of the things that was keeping me feeling like utter crap. And it was, uh, it was my weakness, like soda, I d- was probably drinking like five to seven liters a day of Diet Coke, like it was, it was a lot. <laughs> so I cut out soda from day one and then I slowly started to cut back on my meals. And I downloaded my Fitness Pal, and I started trying to track. Well, actually, first I, I I bought a whole bunch of little notebooks so I would write it down. So it would be, it would be something that I would take seriously, and then eventually I downloaded my Fitness Pal. I think it was about a month later. Um, and I just kept cutting the calories back while I watched these videos and I did more research on like healthy and clean eating and, you know, there's there's so much conflicting information that I. I Kept doing the wrong thing, and I, I actually got sick once because I ate way too much spinach. I replaced almost all greens with spinach, so I got really sick off that. Um, so then I, I, you know, looked into more balancing, and eventually I got here. And um, it's it's just such a long journey, and I was never brave enough to like speak out or or reach out for help directly, but I. I think I I kinda needed to do it myself and figure out at least part way. Otherwise it would just feel like somebody else was doing it for me. And I know my personality I would let them.
0: No, I, I think there's there's a couple powerful things you were saying in there, man. Like and something I think that people miss a lot. Because I think there's like you, there's a ton of of if you go to YouTube and search motivation. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a ton of those videos that some people watch them and it's like it fires them up and they're out the door, you know, like they're out the door running. And Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of times like motivation just it it falls flat if you're not in that place where you're looking for it or you're you're open to it. Um, Yeah. And I think it's just a temporary. Yeah. And and that's the thing. That's the other thing, too, is like like you were saying, I kept feeling that spark of hope many, many times. Like Mm -hmm. it's easy to feel that spark. Like that's, that's almost like the, the easy part, you know, to be like, okay, I'm going to do this, like get into that place of I'm going to do this. And then you start doing it and realize that the the spark fades because the reality of the challenge in front of you starts to coalesce, you know, and starts to become more visible and it's not like you're trying to lose, you know, 10 pounds to go to someone's wedding in four weeks. You know, you're not just Mm -hmm. jumping on, you know, in a month you're not going to be done so yeah. you've got to find ways to keep the consistency there to keep that work going when you don't have the spark you know when you're feeling the way you did back when you were feeling trapped you know because our our mm-hmm. emotions also don't change overnight you know it's it, there's there's so much complexity to ourselves like as human animals that it's not just like you can flip a switch and all of a sudden everything's great
1: yeah i i can definitely attest to that i I can't say that I'm very, very different from when I started. Um, I'm pushing myself like I should be, and I'm I'm trying to do everything the way I'm supposed to. But I think the main point about that is I just, I understand it. I I've never been able to do something unless I understood it. So I think learning that in the past year, I kind of look back and see how I failed so many times. It was I didn't know what I was doing, so I. I, I was, I, it was perceived by me that I was trying much harder than I was. And um, that was also extremely frustrating. <laughs> it makes you really want to kick yourself.
0: Oh, I, I think for sure. Like that's, and it's funny, I, I, I chuckle a little bit on the inside when you're saying that because, you know, I work as as a coach with people now. Mm. And I have conversations where someone's saying to me, you know i'm doing everything i'm doing all this work i'm do- i'm working so hard and i'm doing all of this and i have to walk that line between saying yeah you know validate what they're doing
1: but yeah, also say
0: there's a number of things that you're not doing no, and it's
1: because i was doing everything that i knew about but there there was so much more i didn't know and i guess it was too much of a hassle to learn it
0: so what happened, you know, as, as you started getting into it, like what has, where,
1: Well, well I let's talk
0: about progress and kind of like what's been going yeah. on for you.
1: Well, um, when I started out, I, I, I just cut out soda and then I started cutting down on calories. I, I pretty much ate half of what I was eating. Um, it took me about a week or two to start buying whole foods, like, you know, real chicken, not processed like highly processed stuff like i i was totino's pizza rolls was my was my favorite i would eat like one or two of those 40 bags 40 count bags like a day and frozen pizzas like pizza was my that was my jam like everything pizza flavored chips like (laughs) pizza was just it was huge actually um in high school when i was skipping i i would actually order about four to six pizzas a week and just eat those not even a week i can't even that that's not it was probably like twice a week and i would just eat those until i was sick and then you know either throw up or let the let it pass and then keep eating and um that, that was all part of my my hunger issues um while i was cutting back on everything i i kept looking up different recipes things that looked like i would eat it something i knew i wouldn't hate because i know if if it tasted bad i was not going to eat it (laughs) like i i tried to eat salads since i was a kid because you know everybody's like you don't eat a salad you won't be fat but Mm. (laughs) salad tastes like crap like i'm (laughs) to me it tastes like crap
0: you're taking a hard line stance there on salads rich (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's just it's just for me. Like <laughs> it's it's just the the earthy bitter bitterness. It's not it's not my cup of tea. Oh yeah, I don't like tea either. I'll, I'll put that out there. <laughs> so there there were a lot of struggles finding something to replace soda with. Um, I've never been good at drinking. W- I'm still terrible at drinking enough water throughout the day. Uh, I eventually found diet raspberry Snapple. That is now my drink of choice, and it's uh. It's a low calorie, doesn't have too much caffeine, I have like one or two a day, and then I try and balance the rest out with water. Um, And while I was cutting down on all that and finding my my little new favorite foods and stuff like that, I wanted to lose some weight before I started to try and walk because walking was way too difficult for me. I tried to hit the stairs a lot more often. I tried to I tried to go use the second floor uh, bathroom instead of the first floor. I did everything I could just to get a couple more steps in, because uh, I actually moved to the basement when I was in middle school, just because it was cooler down here, and honestly, my room, it, it was at the end of the ductwork, so it was really hot during the summer and really cold during the winter. So I just decided to come down here and just bring extra blankets. And eventually the couch turned into a a bed. My mom got me a bed down here because she just, she knew I was more comfortable. Um, Eventually, after about 50 pounds down, I started to walk laps in my backyard. I started out just doing like 10 laps back and forth. um, Or until my feet started to hurt too much. And then I would sit down, see if I could push out another couple laps. Uh, I always brought a, a little Gatorade Zero with me or, or a, a bottle of water. And I would just keep walking because I knew I needed to build up stamina before I ever picked up a weight or something. <laughs> I tried to work out in high school and um, hit the leg press. And it wasn't that difficult, but I was not used to it. I probably wasn't breathing correctly. And I I almost like passed out once I stood back up. I let the adrenaline get to me i was you know trying to look like a strong guy not just a fat guy <laughs> so I, I went a little too hard and I, I just face planted on the mat and that was really embarrassing <laughs> um, once winter rolled around my we got hit with like really heavy snow um and i wasn't able to walk and also my dog pulled something in her leg So I had to start walking her about four or five times a day. So that kind of replaced my walks. And especially in the snow, that was difficult. Uh, She would sprint if she was given the chance. So I had to walk her or else she would destroy her leg. Um, So I've pretty much been doing that ever since winter. And then I want to say at the end or beginning of December, I... uh, I reached out to Alan Roberts and I, I signed up for Everyday Damn Fitness, like for damn coaching. And he's been helping me get, um, make sure that my nutrition is on track and make sure that I have good entry level like dumbbell workouts. And I've been doing those ever since then. Um, but one thing he tried to help me with is satiation, or satiety, satiety, whatever it is. Um, so, that was really when I discovered that I had a, a hunger issue, uh, because he tried me on carnivore, low carb, um, adding in a whole bunch of fibrous veggies, uh, try focusing, you know. Anyway, he he tried all the the different variations and whatever their 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 names are for those diets and stuff, and nothing really seemed to help. And oddly enough, when I was carnivore, apparently that makes you very full, but. I was like voraciously hungry with eating just meat which is like the opposite of how the body's supposed to work apparently. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, so I I don't really know how to handle my hunger and I've I've been struggling with that the whole time too. I I'm just I'm so hungry all the time. And it's uh, it really it takes a lot to slap my hand away from like an extra pack of graham crackers or you know a couple cheese sticks. I, I try to stay away from the cheese sticks just cuz they're highly processed cheese and, you know, they don't get the best uh reviews. <laughs> but I'm really bad with picking out snacks and stuff like that. So if I if I don't hit a meal, sometimes I'll I'll dip under my my calorie goals by quite a bit, and I don't really know what to do to get back up from there. But so far, I try to hit everything where it's supposed to be. And I've just slowly been uh, trying to increase reps and, and weight and just build more muscle. But I, I definitely need to work on my cardiovascular health. I, I do not have much stamina still. I need to get back to walking.
0: So the, there's a lot of changes there. And I I really appreciate you kind of taking us into the, the process of it. Because I think, you know, it shows, like you said, there was this... You were in this place of not knowing for a long time. And... Mm as you as your knowledge grew your ability to do different things has grown and i think your willingness to to try is gonna inspire someone who's listening to this obviously but is also showing us that you know you have sometimes that it's pushing through the unknown that this sometimes takes like getting us getting us through that place of not really knowing the answer but still saying you know i'm going to work to try to find that answer even if i don't know what it is right now and i don't have a clear sight on what that's going to be
1: yeah when you had messaged me i was uh i was really really worried about talking about myself just because i you know i feel such shame and regret for everything that i've done um but i really i really wanted to share this because i know that i'm not the only one who goes through this and i really don't i don't want anybody To continue going through this it's it's awful it's it's not worth any comfort that you feel like i i played video games for like 12 or 13 years straight just eating pizza playing video games drinking soda relaxing having you know what what i what i considered fun what i still consider fun i'm not gonna lie about that (laughs) Um, it's not worth what it did to my body. It, it's not worth all the the mental strain of whenever I had to put the controller down. You know, like all that fell away, and there was there was nothing. And I don't I don't want people anybody to go through that. It's it's just not worth it. And the change is hard. Keeping on everything is hard, and I just feel so much better. Like it's it's so worth every minute of slapping my hand away from that extra food that would have been nice for a minute, but I would have felt it a week later. And uh, I I just hope that somebody can have that you know aha moment that that click that that I had. I I really just hope somebody can learn from my mistakes oh. so they don't have to make them
0: which I think is a big reason why I started this podcast, you know, to help people not just learn from other people's experiences and mistakes and challenges, but also to understand that there are other, you know, when you're sitting there feeling alone, you know, like you were used to sit there alone and, you know, and feel that you were the person facing all of those challenges. And there was no one else feeling that way, that there are other people that have felt that way. And you're right. It's hard work. Like it's, it's not ever, for anyone easy, but also I mean like you, like you said, like I wanna I wanna validate the, the additional challenges that you've you've faced and are facing. Um you know, especially like that idea of of knowing what you should be eating and still not feeling satiated and trying different things and still not feeling that relief. But knowing mm-hmm. that leaning into it is still worth it. Yeah. So this has it been you know, I, I also kind of want to bring people a little up to date like so now as far as like how long you've been putting this work in like has it been a, a year or around a year or where can g- kind of give us a little bit of that timeline? Cuz it was um, was it 2019 that you first discovered uh, it was. what he was mm-hmm. uh,
1: it was August 1st at 3:47 a.m. <laughs> I remember the time cuz I looked down and I was like I I'm gonna fucking change like it, it, it was just it was that moment that that everybody describes that I thought was bullshit that just it it would never happen to me you know and and then it was just like holy crap like this is actually gonna happen you can feel the change you can you can feel the change in your mind when you make up that decision to just do it and um after that I bought a scale on August 6th and I weighed myself and I was 518 which I do suspect was lower because I had stopped eating kind of at that point because I was already feeling really guilty about what I was doing. And I just had all those ups and downs of like guilt, you know, stop, stop eating, you know, lay off of the food and everything. Um, and yeah, that was August 1st, 2019. And then I think it was January of this year, 2021 20, that I hit my first plateau and uh, that was when we were kind of changing my diet around to try and help my satiety. Um, so it wasn't really a plateau and it was kind of expected, but it was still just as frustrating. And that's, that's something that you really got to pay attention to. It's it's going to be frustrating even if you expect it. And it's uh, there's no real way to get around that frustration. You just kind of have to keep going.
0: And so Which is no, even more frustrating. Oh yeah, and that's and that's a big part of it too. Like I think that's that's awesome for people to hear, realizing that it's just because you have that moment of you know this is going to happen and you know you can do this, it mm-hmm. doesn't mean then that you're not going to face those those challenges and those frustrations and deal with those feelings. Like and because let's let's also be realistic. Like so we're we're let's I don't want to keep. Keep it from the people any longer. Um, so where where are you at now in your journey? Like, how much weight have you lost?
1: Um, my weigh-in day is actually Tuesdays, so I haven't weighed myself uh, this week. But I was at 285.4 as of uh, the 24th, I want to say. And that's about 232 pounds that I've lost so far.
0: Which is incredible in such... In the amount of time, you know, like that's so I think it's natural that you're making this kind of amazing change and our heads take time to catch up. You know, like I I, I firmly believe that, like I think even, you know, when you get to, quote unquote, goal weights, you know, there's still a lot of mental work that needs to be done. There's still a lot, you know, that needs to happen on that side to catch up your emotions and feelings and all of that. But it's good that you're doing that work. Like that's something you're conscious of and that, that you're working on, man. And I think that's that's one of the amazing pieces of what I saw, you know. I I discovered your page, someone actually you had posted a video on Instagram talking about loose skin and kind of sharing a little bit of your story and someone shared it to me um and was like, You should get him on your podcast. Um which is why I reached out to you, you know, I the day I you know, the day that happened and I connected to you. Like I think it's incredible what you've done, but also I think it's incredible knowing that, you know, you've come through these things that you've come through, you know, all these different pieces of your journey. And I think that place, like you started to talk about this a little bit, that feeling of not just that you're doing it now, but you had had all of this time that either feels wasted or, you know, you were kind of trapped in that place of being ashamed and you can move out of that. And if we spend too much time dwelling on that, we're wasting energy that we need right now to continue, you know, continue in that fight, you know, to keep it going. Yeah. You know, I, I had someone, you know, one of one of my clients talked to me about feeling like it's just kind of hit him the amount of time in his life that he wasted. And it's something I've shared before, like where I'm like, even when I talk about, you know, how far I've come, you know, I've I've got decades that I didn't, I wasn't doing anything to move myself forward. You know, I was letting myself stay mm-hmm. in that place for so many years and- it's easy to get trapped in letting that get overwhelming you know thinking about all of that and it, at times it's better to to say okay that happened you know the past has happened we can't go back and change it all i can mm-hmm. do though is make sure that what i take the energy and the feelings of i have about that past and know that that's not a place i want to go back to
1: yeah i'm i'm definitely still working on that as well i'm uh i'm still very much stuck in the past about my disappointment and regret, but it's only really when I'm talking about it that I feel it. And so I am I think I'm making progress on letting it go.
0: What do you think are the big things that you're focusing on right now?
1: Um right now I am trying to from day one my my goal was to hit 250. Um just cuz it was, you know, it sounded like a good number, about half of 500, so <laughs> Mhm. It's a great number. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to hit 250, and that's about what my um, my primary care and um, a couple of other doctors have it said that's that's probably about what you want to shoot for for right now as a loose goal. And um, I'm also, I have a consult uh, in a couple of days, actually, with uh, the Hurwitz Center for plastic surgery on a um, loose skin removal consultation. And I'm thinking around 250 will probably be what he says as well but i'm i'm definitely looking forward to having like a solid goal because i i've never had a solid goal um and getting all the information around the loose skin surgery because I, I i admire the absolute crap out of everybody who can who can wear their skin as a badge of honor like it is it is incredible to have that that mental fortitude to have that that pride in your body but i lived with all this extra for you know 29 years so far and I've hated it every second. And so personally, I don't know if I'm I'm strong enough to to love it at any point. And uh, I know that everybody's different. And I just uh, you know I hope that doesn't offend anybody who has loose skin. Like I don't think it's ugly or anything like that. I just I I don't I don't want it personally.
0: And and I I appreciate that honesty. Like I I think that is is your truth, you know, your real feelings, mm-hmm. your feelings are valid. Like yeah. everyone has different, you know, goes through a different process with it. And there are some folks that learn to live with it. There are some folks that it doesn't bother at all. And there are some folks that it bothers every day. Like I, I think it's, and it's a, one of the big parts of, of these journeys, like these massive weight loss journeys that we don't talk about. Because also I think there's, there's so much misinformation about loose skin. Mm-hmm. And why it occurs and all of that. Like, there's, you know, you go on the forums, like, you know, go on to any of the kind of fitness forums and things along those lines. Or when people post about it, you look at the comments and you see people saying, well, if they had just lost weight this way, that wouldn't have happened. Or if they had taken this supplement or rubbed this cream on their body, you know, yeah. it wouldn't have happened. There's it's like. So
1: much elasticity. Exactly. Like,
0: it, our skin is an organ and we've done damage to it. Like, and it's, yeah. you know, it's okay to acknowledge that we've done damage to it. And, for some of us then sometimes it takes you know repair you know for us mm-hmm. to be able to kind of live in that you know to get to that place mentally where we feel okay like i don't i don't think there's anything invalid about that like i think it's it's almost like if someone goes through skin removal surgery people want to attack them or if someone says they're they don't feel like they need to do it people want to attack them and you know mm-hmm. make up their minds as to why a person is making that decision you know and i think it ends up becoming that's a bigger part about connecting with yourself through this journey, you know, connecting with what's important to you, what feels right, what you feel you need to do, and being okay with doing those things, because it's something that you feel that you need.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's also the the health aspects of it, you know, it's, it's not easy to clean your body with the, the extra folds and everything. And then there's you know, the rashes and right now um because my my weight loss is still fresh and it's, it's still ongoing, I'm not on the maintaining portion yet uh my loose skin is still very much uh thick it's n- it's not like the the baggier skin yet, so it's quite heavy and i I carried almost everything in my gut, like my legs are much skinnier than the rest of my body, so it is I- it's just all pulling down on my gut like straight so i'm I'm having a lot of back problems I was now gonna say, uh.
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And it's getting in the way of my, my workouts, which is really frustrating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm very scared of complacency and backpedaling, so I've, I've avoided injury at all costs. That's why I cut out like almost all cardio for my whole journey. I was so scared of hurting my feet.
0: <laughs> mm. Which I think makes sense. and But we also know that at, at 560 pounds, all of these things that are challenging with loose skin were more challenging, if not near impossible. Yeah. So there's still that, that lining that is good that, you know, you're getting to that place that you need to get to. And I hope the the consultation goes great. Like I hope that you get some information there that gives you something to focus on.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely looking forward to it.
0: And so what, you know, the, those are some of the things that, you know, you're, you've got kind of in focus now, like where when you look back kind of on these changes you've made, man, like what do you think are the big lessons that you've, you've taken away so far to the point that you're at now? Hmm. Um, well, could you be
1: a little bit more specific?
0: Sure. I mean, like, what do you, what do you think? Because there was, there were things going on for you emotionally and physically that were keeping you where you were at before. And mm-hmm. then you've now, made some, some drastic physical changes and you've changed how you're approaching food and you're, you're also having to kind of look at handling emotions differently. And so what are the, is there anything that you've learned about yourself having lost the weight that you've lost so far? Like things that you didn't realize or you know, you're stronger in some areas than you thought or you've, there were things, because you talked a lot about all the different kind of pieces you learned, the tools that you learned about that help you getting yeah. to where you're at now. But what is it kind of like for you that I I know how I'm kinda you know what I'm coming to and again I feel like my words are are not being phrased the best way. But what do you think are the what do you think are the things that you know now that are gonna help you keep from going back to that place you were in?
1: I think the biggest thing is that if you if you genuinely work for it, like if you put in the work, it it will happen. Like the thing that I, I always held on to was genetics is a small portion of what everybody can achieve i had it in my head that i was just born fat born to be fat and nothing i could do could get away from that fat and i i've watching everybody in just this this past uh couple of weeks that i've, I've opened up to social media because i stayed away from all social media my entire life because you know of the shame and everything um i've gained like an endless appreciation and just admiration for everybody that works for the muscles they have the bodies they have for all the progress that they make even day to day losing one pound it it seems like nothing when you're losing one pound but knowing how much work you put into it just to lose that one pound it's massive it's like i gained so much respect for everybody else instead of just pure you know anger and envy that i had before and It wasn't easy to get over myself that way, but I, I always knew it deep down, but I, I just understand it so much better now, especially seeing that I could do it. I, from going unable to walk for more than two or three minutes to now I can walk anywhere. I could go, I just went to the grocery store earlier today and I, I walked all around the store. I didn't have to wait for two people to pass me so I can scoot through on my own, just barely fitting through the aisle like it's it's still not quite dawned on me all the changes um especially when i catch a glance of myself like in in the window or in a mirror or something sometimes i'm just like that's 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 just not me like it's just the size difference alone i've never been this shape before even though i you know i still see all the roles that i always saw they're just so much smaller and the roles is really that's what kind of catches my eye every time to be honest it's uh it's the same shape roles it's they're in the same places it's just they're they're a little bit flatter now so I I have that appreciation but it's still you know I'm trying to get over it
0: (laughs) and and this might be a hard question but maybe not a hard question but something hard to you know kind of think about but you talk about kind of what you've been able to kind of experience just even the past couple weeks on social media and seeing what people have been through and even Mm -hmm. the the videos that helped kind of get you get started and those things that you've seen where you talked about admiration, you know, for knowing the work that people are putting in, because looking at the work that it's taking you, where do you, do you feel, you know, are you starting to realize that there's something about what you're doing that you should feel admiration for?
1: Absolutely. But the thing with me is I'm, I'm, 200% Two hundred percent harder on myself than I should be, and everybody already holds themselves like a hundred percent to a higher standard than others. So it's it's piled so high, and I'm I'm trying to get over that twenty nine years of just being like, you know, you just barely did it. Get over yourself, you know. Like that was my look, that was my outlook on anything that I achieved. Um. I I, I definitely see all the work I put in but when I look back I I feel like it was just easier than I think it was sometimes like I, I constantly belittle my own achievements and that's something I'm really trying to stop doing but it's it's so ingrained in me but I I definitely do see it
0: which is great and I think I understand some of those feelings you know I it's one of those things where a lot of times when I talk to people and they're like, you know, you've done this, this is fantastic. I'm like, well, I'm just doing what I should have been doing, you know, like I'm not, you know, what I was doing before should have, I I should be more upset about what I did before. And and, that's inner monologue. Yeah. And, and more of, and like what I'm doing now, it's not miraculous because I'm, I'm living life the way I should have been living life. And so I I do think it's a lot of people live. Yeah. And it's hard to, understand you know it's sometimes hard especially when you get into it and you really kind of get into the routine of it to then flex it back flex back out from that and realize the real change that you've made and and give value to that you know and the impact that it's had and so i under i understand that kind of internal discussion of okay yeah this is great but this is what i should have been doing you know I could yeah, have. That's why did... nothing
1: like groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. This is what everybody does, it's, right? It's just that that thought process I need to move away from.
0: And I and I think I talk to people. You know, I talk to people all the time on Instagram and in different on different channels. And, you know, I I say to someone, I'm like, wow, you know, you were physically active, you know, for, you know, twenty five days last month, and your goal was to be physically active for half the month. Like that's awesome. And they're like, yeah, but I just did what I was supposed to be doing. Like I'm not. It's not amazing. Like, it's not it's not earth-shattering that, you know, I got up and yeah. took a walk, you know, for, for 25 days. And it's like, well, to the person that you were before, you know, because we're always the yeah, same person. Was. But think about that person getting up and doing these things. You know, think about when you were in that headspace, like, getting up and doing these things. And you realize that the progress is is something to be proud of. And it's not a – because sometimes I think we we think about pride, you know, from the – perspective you know people will talk about pride is a sin and you know like being too proud proudful you know pride Mm -hmm. leads to a fall but i think there's something to be said to give value and acknowledge the work you know you acknowledge that yeah that was hard work like if someone builds a house from the ground up we're we're gonna say to them like wow that's that's incredible you know you built that house with your hands you know that's a that's something to be proud of that's fantastic and i think in a lot of ways that's what these journeys are about it's about realizing that we're on the ground and that we're building this we're building our lives in ways that it is it's hard hard work
1: yeah i think um one of the things that kind of came uh kept me dormant for all those years was that it really hurt hearing all the the stereotypes against you know fat people because they they really just they hit the nail on the head when it came to me i am at my core lazy and a procrastinator i don't want to get up i want to play video games and eat pizza and, and drink soda all day although now i don't because i uh, i don't like the carbonation it it feels and tastes so weird now <laughs> which is that was baffling to try a soda like just the other week and i was like wow this tastes awful um but it just like it kept me so ashamed because like I, I promised myself year after year that i wouldn't become that person and it just you know it slowly drifted closer and closer until it just happened but for me i'm not sure if uh, if uh it's common among those losing weight but the the laziness or procrastination being like a core of yourself but i was always so terrified that if I gave myself that break, if I celebrated for that day, I wouldn't be able to give it up. That I know that I would run with it. I know that I would, I would feel that, that just, that lazy Sunday afternoon, like bliss, you know what I mean? And then I, w- I just wouldn't be able to stop. So I, I try to hold myself back from feeling that. And I try to belittle my own accomplishments. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think what it comes down to is finding new ways to celebrate. Yeah. You know, finding ways, because that's that's the thing that always gets me when someone celebrates weight loss by eating the way they used to eat. Yeah. And it's like, well, that put you, that food and behavior kind of put you in the place that you were desperate to get out of. So to acknowledge that you have done that, you want to revisit it for a day.
1: Yeah, that's that's one thing I I didn't quite understand because I I didn't like eating all that pizza and stuff. That was that was miserable. I, that didn't give me any joy. Like, I'm not sure if I was ever an emotional eater or a binge eater. I think you know I I definitely was on the cusp of it, but I I've never had those like cravings. I've never eaten just because I was feeling something that I couldn't I couldn't deal with. Um. But. I just, I was, I I needed to feel like my stomach wasn't rumbling. So I just, it was out of like, almost a desperate necessity to not feel hungry. Um, If you've ever gone like a full day, like on a fast or something, when when you haven't fasted before, like your first fast, it was that like, that emptiness, that, that grumbling, that like, almost an ache in your stomach that you, your body's like, come on, man, eat. That's what it felt like 24-7. That's what it still feels like. And I I was so desperate to get away from that. But going through all of this process, I learned... I, I don't really think I'm going to be able to get away from that. Maybe I will at some point, but as of right now... I I have no idea what it could be. And, you know, I I just had an endocrinology appointment and I have a blood test on the 9th. So we'll see what comes of that. Yeah,
0: (laughs) well, actually I was gonna ask, like that was gonna be one of my next questions as you were talking about that. Like, if that was something Mm -hmm. you were looking into, like seeing if there was another process driving it for you.
1: Yeah, I I talked to the endocrinologist about, um, I think it was ghrelin and uh, leptin and it seems like they're in the very early stages of research. So there's not really a test for any of those things yet. Um, But she saw my blood test from June of 2020, and my my blood glucose was about 110, which is 10 points above high. So she thinks I might be pre-diabetic maybe, but if so, it's very mild Um, I've never been diagnosed as diabetic or pre-diabetic and it actually shocked me that I was never tested for diabetes as a 460-pound high schooler or 400-pound middle schooler so that was a big shock to me because I never paid attention to the doctor's results or anything back then I didn't understand them so I let my mom take care of that But. I have just absolutely no idea what this hunger could be, but it is beyond a battle. Like it is, I never feel that relief.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I I certainly hope that you do, you are able to find that relief, you know, whether that's through testing or through this continued battle that that you're fighting, man. Like I, I think that's, Something anyone listening would, would say. They, they, they hope that for you. I'm like So I really do. I, I, I think it's, there's something there working against you. And yeah. it's good that you're not giving up trying to find an answer to it.
1: Yeah. I will say one more thing about mm-hmm. it, though. Um, looking back just recently in the past two months, I've kind of noticed that I might have been addicted to one thing. And surprisingly enough, that was my depression. Um, Depression seemed to be the only thing that distracted me from my hunger. So I think it was a really negative, like toxic relationship that I had with my own depression. It gave me relief to the hunger that I've never been able to relieve and At the same time, I was able to eat the foods that I actually did enjoy and just, you know, veg out, just do whatever I wanted. Um, You know, whenever I put the controller down, of course, I had those waves of like, what am I doing? I'm wasting my life, you know, (laughs) and all that stuff. And I think that was just all part of the process of making sure that I was properly depressed. And uh, I definitely don't, I don't like looking back on that and realizing that's what I was doing to myself that is really bad (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. well i think there's an insight there it's like saying you've got a a pain in your left hand and the only way to get rid of the pain in your left hand is by stabbing your right hand yeah you know it's not like this was you know if it somehow evolved into a coping mechanism you know that gave Mm -hmm. you that relief it wasn't like it was a coping mechanism that was helping yeah. Which is similar to to people that use food, you know, on that emotional side, you know, as an emotional coping mechanism. So mm-hmm. it helps them deal with these intense feelings and depression and, you know, all of those pieces. But the end result is still just as a negative, you know, is still a negative sum. Yeah. So I I, I do hope that fighting this battle, you know, you are able to find answers, whether it's on a biological or an emotional side that bring you someday to that place where you're able to feel that relief, man. Yeah. Thank you. Rich, we've, we've gone really deep into your story. And I I just want to know, is there, is there a message you have to that person who's sitting out there who is, you know, 560 pounds, you know, feeling that place of that. They're just destined to be a fat person destined to kind of live that existence for the rest of their lives. Like, is there, Are there any kind of closing thoughts you have that you would want them to hear from you?
1: Well, I'm not very good at wording things to be uplifting or motivational, but I think the most important thing to take away from any journey is just, it's gonna take the work. Like it's always gonna have a lot of ups and downs. It's gonna be difficult, but it is beyond worth it. And procrastinating like I did for over 10 years, uh, I literally hit pause on the entire world while I just kept going. But the world kept moving without me. I just, I didn't realize it. I was, or maybe I just didn't want to. It's not worth any kind of like temporary fun that you have, playing a game, you know, watching TV, just having a blast for those couple hours because... The depression will come. Like it, it's, it's not going anywhere. And the only way to feel better is just to do better. That's, that's really all I can say.
0: So, Rich, I want to say thank you for your, your willingness to come on the show and share your story. And I know that we, we talked about your nervousness going to this conversation, so I hope you're, you're feeling like you made it through okay. Uh, <laughs> if, if anyone out there listening does want to connect with you, now that you are in the social media space, where can they find you?
1: Um well, right now I have Instagram and that is half the size double the man with underscores between each word. Mhm. Um that's pretty much all I have right sure. now.
0: And I'll make sure that we put a link to that in the note the show notes for everyone.
1: Yep. If anybody has any questions or anything, you know, shoot me a message.
0: Definitely. And, Rich, I end every episode with with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? (laughs) Sure. Okay. So question number one, this is the the one that we just start every episode, you know, start the five off with. Hence, I just called it question number one. I don't know why I'm explaining that. Um, Living or dead, Rich, who is your favorite fat guy?
1: Mm, It's got to be Chris Farley.
0: There we go. He was number one on on my friend's list for the episode that just came out this week and um, I, I, I think he resonates with a lot of people question number two Rich what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you
1: Ooh, I guess it would have to be that life is hard no matter what size you are
0: I like that I actually like that a lot I think that's one of the things that sounds cliche sometimes, yeah. but it's the idea that things are gonna be hard no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And if you're doing you know, if you're doing the hard work to help yourself live a longer, you know, more fulfilled life, active life, then let that be the hard.
1: Yeah, and it's worth it.
0: That's awesome. Question number three, Rich. So if someone out there listening hasn't gotten started yet and is looking to do one thing today to get themselves started, what Would be the the knowledge that you would impart to them what is the one thing you would suggest they they start doing
1: look at the past week of what you've been eating or drinking find the one thing that you just absolutely need and try and either cut it out or cut back on it little by little
0: definitely we know for you that was soda and i think that's something Mm -hmm. that a lot of people struggle with yeah so i think that's good advice man Question number four, Rich, this, this might be a hard question, but tell us what is something about yourself that you love?
1: Um, honestly, uh, in the past two years, I love the fact that I can still learn. I honestly, after I dropped out of high school, I, I didn't have any hope for myself. I thought I was gonna die a high school dropout <laughs> who couldn't learn anything.
0: I like that, man. And question number five, last question for you today, Rich. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related?
1: Um, I'm actually working towards the GED right now. So I am hoping to pass the GED and uh, move on to college and then hopefully get a job sometime soon.
0: Nice. Well, I have no doubts that you've got it in you to do that work man i think that sounds awesome and i think it'll it'll open a lot of doors for you so that's good to hear
1: thank you It is uh just as nerve-wracking as everything else is to me (laughs) oh understood
0: man understood like we said you know you can you can make some changes but not everything changes at the same time yeah so rich i just want to say one more big thank you for coming on the show today and sharing uh opening yourself up to, to share your experiences with with the listeners
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Definitely. And like I said, everyone, I'm going to put Rich's information in the show notes. You can connect with him there. If you are interested in connecting with me, you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet on Twitter at Gourmet or you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And hey, my friends, don't forget, go out there today and do something to amaze yourself because you are truly amazing people. And then come on back and catch us again on the Fat Guy Forum. <laughs>